Well, tonight we're going to finish up Faith That Shakes. We're going to finish up the book of Acts, Acts chapter 28. Young life is dismissed. I do want to push the Saturday Sheaves for Christ meeting that uh, is going to be here at the church. Uh, Sheaves for Christ is a program, you'll hear more about it, but it's, it's a, a, a program that supports missions and ministries worldwide. If uh, we send camps, uh, kids to camps every year and those camps are partially supported by Sheaves for Christ, we have uh, missionaries all around the world that are supported by Sheaves for Christ. It is a very, very worthy cause. And so this is a kickoff rally for a fundraising season. And so it's going to be here at the church, and it will be, uh, I, I, I'm just going to tell you, I wish everybody would be here, like a whole church show up. It's, it's 5 o'clock, so it'll be early, so come get it out the way, you know, like have, put your praise on, get some good words. It's going to be an awesome service, special music. It's going to be kids from all over coming in. Uh, it's going to be uh, just a, a guest, like guest musicians up here. It, it's it's going to rock. And Brendan's preaching. It's going to be awesome. So I want to invite you. Come out for the She's for Christ uh, service that's going to be here. It's a kickoff rally Saturday at 5. So now we're looking at Faith That Shakes. This is part 47. This is Acts 28, part 3. And I want to say a prayer before we get started. Father, thank you so much for your word. I pray that you would speak to our hearts tonight, God, that you would give us revelation. We ask you all for this in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. So, we left off last time, which seems like forever ago. I don't remember the last time we did this. We canceled last Wednesday night, didn't we, or didn't we? It was the Wednesday before that. And then last Wednesday was graduations, and yes, thank you. Yeah. Got it. So, we left off where the great Apostle Paul had preached a message. He had taught a Bible study. And I believe Paul crushed the Bible study, no doubt. And yet people walked away not believing. So we'll kind of review and jump into it. Verses 24 through 28. So when they did not agree among themselves, they departed after Paul had said one word. The Holy Spirit spoke rightly through Isaiah the prophet to our fathers, saying, Go to this people and say, Hearing you will hear, shall not understand, seeing you will see, not perceive. For the hearts of this people have grown dull, their ears are hard of hearing, their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn, so that I should heal them. So, we looked at, last time, a passage in Matthew where Jesus quoted this same Isaiah reference. That's a reference to Isaiah, Isaiah the prophet. Paul quotes it, but Jesus had quoted the same passage in Matthew 13, and I'm going to read that again, Matthew 13, verses 14 through 17. And in them the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, which says, Hearing you will hear and shall not understand, and seeing you will see and not perceive. For the hearts of this people have grown dull, their ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears lest they should understand with their hearts and turn so that I should heal them. 
But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For assuredly, I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desired to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. So, we see here that prophets and righteous men of old desired to see truth, but they did not see it. And the reason why, and we started this journey last time, is because God had concealed it for the time being. The truth of the scriptures, even that some of them were writing themselves, these prophets, they did not understand. It was concealed for the time being, for a certain amount of time. We see in the Bible that God conceals His Word, His plan, His purposes for His own reasons until the predetermined time when that Word is to be revealed. Revelation. Revelation is time-sensitive. Daniel 12.4, listen to this. The end of Daniel, the the. Daniel's had all these revelations, amazing visions, insights. He says, but you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. It's this idea of it's not to be revealed the true meaning of all of this until the generation comes on the scene that I intended to reveal it to. Are you with me? So it's time sensitive. Daniel is one of the prophets Jesus talked about. He desired to understand some of the things he had written down, but he did not understand it because the word was not for him per se. It was for the people of the end time. It was for another generation. Now, Jeremiah prophesied about Judah's Babylonian captivity, but Jeremiah did not fully understand it. Babylon was not even the great superpower it would become when he was writing about Babylon taking Judah captive. That wouldn't take place for another 15 or 20 years after he wrote it down. And 80 years later, when Daniel is reading the book of Jeremiah, while in Babylonian captivity, God reveals Jeremiah 25 and Jeremiah 29 to him. It had been concealed, but now it is being revealed to Daniel because it was for him at that time. You know, the word has been compared to bread. We understand it's typified by bread. And did not Jesus say, Give us this day our daily bread. There's a word for today, a now word. Everybody say a now word. There's a a word for now, a word for today. Jesus quotes Deuteronomy, uh, Deuteronomy when he's dealing with the temptation and the devil. And he says, I'm not going to turn these stones into bread because it is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, the old King James says, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. 
there is a word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. A now word. Everybody say a now word. So back in Matthew 13, verse 17 says, Prophets and righteous men desired to see, to hear, to understand. The, the Greek for desired here is epithumeo. And it means to set the heart upon. So Daniel set his heart upon knowing the word, but it wasn't time. That word that he was writing. It wasn't time for him to understand yet. It was for the end time. It was for that generation that would come later. The word had to be concealed before it could be revealed. But in Matthew 13, there was word that was now ready to be revealed concerning Jesus. Jesus was in the flesh. The word made flesh coming to his own and, and, and revealing truth to them. It could have been revealed to them, but it wasn't. It remained concealed. You know why? They didn't want it. That generation didn't want it. He came into his own, and his own received him not. They did not want the now word, the revelation that God was pouring out. If you do not want the word, you'll be just as blind as someone from another time and another place that lived in a generation when that word was concealed. If you don't want it, it's just as if it's concealed to you. But if you do want it, if you do want it, and it's time for it to be revealed, God will reveal that concealed word to you. Only two things can prevent you from receiving it or perceiving it, as Jesus said. Number one, you never hear it. How can they believe in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? So then, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So number one, the way you cannot have revealed truth, never hear it. Second, when you hear it, refuse to open your heart and let God speak and pour that revelation. Not, not just here, down in here. Because revelation is a spiritual thing. God revealing truth to you is a spiritual thing. It, it bypasses, it drops. I don't know how else to say it, but it drops from here to here. And the old preachers used to say, and you know that 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 you know. Because it goes from here to here. And, and, and we see this, we see this in, in Matthew 16. Remember, Jesus was asking his disciples, who do Men say that I am. And they said, some say you're John the Baptist. Some say you're Isaiah. Uh, he looked, he said, but who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I, the Son of Man, am? And Peter, because something in his relationship with Jesus, in his walk with Jesus, in the words that Jesus had spoken, something in those words had dropped from here to here. And he said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. The son of man is the son of God. That was a revelation. And that's what Jesus said. Jesus said, "Woo, you blessed Simon Bar-Jonah for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. But my father has revealed this to you. 
Blessed are you, Simon Barjona. You didn't get this from your daddy. Barjona means son of John. You didn't get this from your daddy. Got this from my daddy. Holy Spirit overshadowed Mary, right? This is a Holy Spirit revelation. John 16, however, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. He will guide you into, what is all truth? All truth is word. The Holy Spirit reveals word to us. Word. All truth. Everybody say all truth. Revealed word. Very powerful. Are you with me? Isn't this exciting? And we need a church that preaches the word. And the reason why, the, the, problem, with, the problem with shallow church is, is, is because there's nothing. When you have little word going out in church, you have little truth that the Holy Spirit has to work with to reveal to you. That's why you have to have word being preached. That's why Paul told Timothy, son, preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season. Because if you preach the word, Holy Spirit can work with that word. And, 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 and the, the hungry, listen, it only works on the hungry. The hungry will hear thereof and be glad, right? The hungry, oh, that heart opens and the Holy Spirit says, I'm going to show you some stuff. And it makes you strong. People are like, why am I such a weak Christian? Maybe it's because you have a lack of revelation. Begin to pray prayers like this. Father, if it's in your book, show it to me. I will embrace it. If it sets me apart from my peers. I, 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 I get burdened for young people. I'm going to preach about this. We have graduation Sunday coming up. Do you realize 50 to 60% from a 2015 survey, a scientific study by George Barna, 50 to 60% of high school seniors who were involved in their local church in their young adult years quit going to church. 50 to 60% of high school seniors involved in their local church in their high school senior year, in their young adult years, quit. And so I, I get concerned about all of us, but I'll get concerned about our young people because this is not, this, is, this has got to become more than, uh, you know, a social club. It's got to become more than like a, a peer group, more than just a hangout, more, more than just like young Mary's getting along and, Little classes and a little how to balance your checkbook uh, classes and and Dave Ramsey and all that stuff's good. Don't get me wrong. Dave Ramsey classes and there's got there's got my God there's got to be some word that's preached in this in this house so the Holy Spirit can reveal truth because if you get word in you you'll be here next year you'll be here two years from now you'll be here five years from now you may stumble but you get back up because Holy Spirit's done revealed to you he's a forgiver he's a healer he's a transformer he'll accept you back he's got grace more than enough you get revelation and it makes you strong that's why Jesus said to Peter he said you're not anymore called Simon but you are 
Petra. And upon this rock, I'll build my church. You're a piece of the rock. So Revelation is very, very important. And I'm blown away. Paul preaches the word eloquently as, as well as anybody in the world ever has. And yet people don't receive it. But he knew why they didn't want it. They didn't. That's why Jesus said when you go to a place and you preach and they don't receive it. Like don't even carry the dust of that place on your shoes. Wipe it off. They don't want it. They've made themselves unworthy. Don't, don't even. How beautiful are the feet of those that carry the good news. Get their residue off your feet. Your feet are too pretty for that. I got pretty feet, y'all. I don't know about you, but my feet are pretty, man. I don't need to go to no pedicure. What are you talking about? I go to the, I need to stop. I go to the pedicure, you know, they, they look at me, they're like, oh, you don't need nothing. Woo. <laughs> I keep forgetting we're on a podcast. Okay, so. Verse 28, therefore, let it be known to you that the salvation of God has been sent to the Gentiles and they will they will hear it. And when he had said these words, the Jews departed and had a great dispute among themselves. Now, now, this is interesting. This uh, verse uh, 29, some some manuscripts uh, do not have that verse in there. And critics will say, well, that that verse wasn't wasn't in there uh, in some of the manuscripts. And you may have a study Bible that will but will point to that. But v- verse 25 essentially says the same thing. It's an inconsequential if it was or if it wasn't. Uh, but then let's go to verse 30. Then Paul dwelt two whole years in his own rented house and received all who came to him, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching the things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence no one for bidding him. Paul survived getting to Rome, and he survived in Rome. He was there, probably historians will say, five or more years from this time on. He eventually was executed by Nero. Nero was fine and dandy, but then Nero went nuts and uh, began killing Christians, and history says that included the great apostle Paul. So I want to point out a couple of things in closing here. There is no benediction in the book of Acts. It does not end with an amen because it's ongoing. Church didn't end. Church started. It's not ended yet. It's still being written. It's still going on to this very day. And I'm here to tell you, there's a chapter being written about LifePoint. And it will contain the very same kind of stories that the one in your Bible contains. God's hand working powerfully with and through His people in Louisiana, in Baton Rouge, in Prairieville, these surrounding areas. With signs and miracles and wonders and life change occurring. I am absolutely convinced if it happened in the book of Acts, it can happen at life point. And I'll tell you why. Because when he poured out his spirit in Acts 2, he never withdrew 
his spirit from the church. I don't read in Acts 28, starting with 30. Then Paul dwelt two whole years in his own rented house and received all who came to him, preaching the word of God and teaching the things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence, no one forbidding him. And then God said, enough is enough, and withdrew the Holy Spirit from his church, and miracles and wonders ceased. I don't see that in that verse. It's not there. We see throughout the epistles signs and wonders and miracles and people speaking in tongues and the gifts of the Spirit. We see that well in those epistles into the second century A.D. And there's no record of of it ever stopping. Now man has tried to make excuses as to why his pious religion is so flipping dead and said, well, God took the Holy Spirit anointing out for demonstrative stuff and signs and wonders and tongue speaking and things like that. But it's just an excuse to explain hard-hearted people who will not open it up to receive revelation from God. I'm convinced He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If He did it then, He'll do it now. If he healed a lame man at the gate, beautiful. He will heal somebody now. I do not believe it is a vain thing or a foolish thing to pray for physical healing. I don't have all the answers, but I can tell you this. I have seen God work miracles, but I'll tell you this also. It was it was most usually in response to somebody standing in faith in prayer. Ask, seek, knock. I'm about to preach a message. Oh, my Lord, I'm already giving you message ideas that are in the future. That's just a bad idea, Donovan. But I'm about to preach a message that says, you can wait your whole life for the mountain to move, but the mountain's waiting on you. There's a lot of things waiting on you to stand in faith and go after in prayer. Go after in faith. You have not because you ask not. Ask, seek, speak to the mountain. Ask. Now, Jesus said, upon this rock I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I believe Jesus is still building that church and it's still just as powerful and anointed. And so let me give you a little review in closing here. At Life Point, this is the way I see it, because I like to bring it all back home. Like, that's great to look at them, and it's great, you know, to, to, to find the history and, and, and look at the way they did it, and, and, and that's, that's cool. But, like, how does that apply to us? How does that apply to me? I, I want to find some application myself. And so having gone through this entire book of the Bible, the book of Acts, Jesus said, upon this Rock, I'll build my church. It started in Acts. It's still going on today. I want to say this. We need, here at Life Point, we need what they had in Acts 1. Obedience. Tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high. Extended commitment to prayer, praise, and worship. We need that here at Life Point. God, whatever you tell me to do, I'll do it. I'll pray as long as it takes. I'll praise and worship you before I get the answer. That's what they had in Acts 1. That's what we need here at LifePoint. We need an Acts 2. 
powerful baptisms of the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, hard to explain kind of church. When we have church that's easy to explain, well, here's, here's the formula. This is the way we do it, and here's what you can expect to happen. I want a church where the unexpected happens, right? Where you put somebody down in a bucket of water in Jesus' name, and they stay in there for 10 minutes jumping around and speaking in tongues, and, and, and as the glory of God just comes in waves over them. I want stuff that you can't explain. People are like, what'd you put in the water? I don't know. Ron filled the tank up. What'd you put in the wa- water, Ron? Just water. It was warm that day. <laughs> I want stuff that you can't explain. That, that they seem drunk, misunderstood. People didn't understand. Accusations flying. We need that here, Life Point. We need that. Can't explain it. Don't understand it. But lives are being changed. We need an Acts 3 at Life Point. Man at the gate, beautiful. Been there for so long. And just the right time, the right place, reaches up, grabs an apostle's hand, and a miracle takes place. We need that here at Life Point. We need the boldness that Peter demonstrated in Acts 3, where he said, I don't have any silver or gold, but what I have I'm giving you in the name of Jesus. Rise up and walk. And he pulled the man up. We need that kind of boldness here. at Life. Let me put it this way. Because when I say that, a lot of times what people say to me is, that's, that's right, Donovan, that's what you need. You need that, Donovan. You need that boldness. Go, pastor. Go, pastor. Sick them. Attack them. You know? Five-fold ministry is not given to do the ministry. It's given to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. Hey, you pick them up. You pick them up. You pray the prayer of faith. You got the same Holy Ghost I got. You got the same name of Jesus I've got. You got the same blood of Jesus, the same grace of Jesus, the same open heaven. You got the same anointing. Get after it. Activate it. Put some boldness there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Acts 4. We need this here at Life Point. A prayer meeting that's so strong. The house shakes. I don't think I've ever been in a prayer meeting like that. I mean, I was in Vanuatu, and an earthquake shook the room, but I think that's different. I, I don't think Doug and I caused the earthquake in prayer. Just be, I could, you know, try to claim that, but that would probably be wrong. Acts chapter 5, the Holy Spirit set his house in order. Ananias and Sapphira were hypocrites. And the Holy Spirit killed them. Ooh. Maybe we don't need that, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> but you know what? It says, after that great fear came on the congregation, and many came to the Lord. You know why? There was this awe, this sovereign God in the house. Like, like we, we can try to manufacture awe with, with music and architecture and, and, and art and we try to, like, create a sense of awe. There ain't no awe like the majesty of his power. And a revelation that apart from the blood of Christ, I ought to go to hell like a bullet. You know, we asked the question, you know, how come good people, how could God send good people to hell? There is none righteous. 
No, not one. Hey, he would send them to heaven. They just ain't any. None. Well, so-and-so, they, they're a good person. They're really good. No, they deserve to go to hell. Well, I got real quiet, right? Because you're thinking of somebody I know. They're like, well, they're really good. But no, nobody deserves to go to hell. Nobody's good enough. It's not that God is so uh, bad that he sends good people to hell. It's that he's so good, he offers bad people the opportunity to go to heaven. But that sense of awe in Acts 5, man, it was like, that's the kind of take your shoes off your own holy ground stuff that took place. But that, that setting the house in order, the Holy Spirit set his house in order in Acts 5. In Acts 6, the delegation of the work of the church to godly spirit-filled team leaders. And, and those team leaders were diverse. We see a Jewish, a Jewish uh, uprising uh, because... The the Greek speaking Jews, this is a Jewish church, but the the Greek speaking Hellenized widows were being overlooked and underserved. And and uh, and so you have a diverse you see in the names of the seven deacons that were established there. You you have this cross cultural ministry, diversity, delegation, Acts seven. We we need this. We need this bold and powerful preaching in the face of terrible persecution. We have Stephen, the first martyr here in Acts 7. We need that, that preaching that says if it fills the room or empties the room, I will declare what says the Lord. We need an Acts 8 reaching the marginalized, the de-churched, preaching the powerful word of the living God with signs, wonders, and miracles, baptizing, not stopping till they're speaking in tongues. When Philip went down to Samaria and then the apostles uh, trailed behind him and laid hands on them. We need an Acts 9. God reaching high capacity leaders who are violently opposed to us. uh, Getting them on our team. This is where Paul was converted. We need some people that have fought against the church of the living God. Dropping to their knees before Jesus and saying, here I am, Lord. Whatever you want me to do. And God says, I got a man prepared just for you. He's going to teach you a Bible study. We need that kind of supernatural soul winning where high capacity leaders are plucked out and sent to go reach giant swaths of people. We need Acts 10 at Life Point reaching into the unchurched. The Gentiles, as Cornelius' house here, seeing entire households being swept into the kingdom, baptizing them, seeing them filled with the Spirit, speaking with tongues. We need an Acts 11 where we have to convince the whole church to take the whole gospel to the whole world. It's where they, they were having to respond to all these Gentiles and explain while they baptized them and convincing the rest of the church, we got a job to do and we need to go reach these people. We need an Acts 12 Men and women laying down their lives for the gospel and a church that goes to prayer for divine intervention. Peter's locked up in prison. And the mighty angels of God partnering with the church, working with the church, bringing about supernatural deliverance. We need an Acts 13 at Life Point where we send dynamic teams to turn the world upside down, confront the hindrances of hell like Simon the sorcerer. He was stricken blind by Paul. Paul's first recorded miracle, you're blind. I mean, that was the first one ever recorded. It was a negative miracle, but it was to save Sergius Paulus, the governor of the island, so he could be saved. We need an Acts 14. Again, 
loving not their lives unto death, staying faithful through persecution. Acts 15, we see a church reestablishing what they believe, where to draw their lines. They got together and they say, where do we draw the lines and organize all these people that God's sending us? Acts 16, where there's a Macedonian call to reach the lost at any cost. And they worship God in the worst possible places at the worst possible times. That prison where they were locked up in Philippi and the chains fall off and the prisoners are set free. We need an Acts 17 where we move out beyond our comfort zone to reach the religious and the messed up of the day there in Athens. And then Acts 18, we... We have to go to the harvest field. That church was found in the harvest field. Acts 19, people who had just a, a snippet of truth and, and they were escorted the rest of the way into the church, baptized, filled with the Spirit. And then Acts 20 through 26, following a heavenly vision, I got to go to Rome, reaching the up and outs, governors and the down and outs, sailors and, and people that were messed up with a fierce devotion to truth. Acts 27 through 28, seeing God's miraculous provision, supernatural direction, angelic intervention. The the book of Acts, we we need that at LifePoint. You know what the book of Acts is? It's a church saturated with Jesus, people, and mission. As I recited a little summary of each of those chapters, you see over and over again what they were doing was reaching people, taking Jesus to people. And you wonder why they were filled with signs and miracles and wonders. Those signs and miracles and wonders were signs for people who didn't believe so they could get scoped in and say, what in the world is happening over here? And Jesus could be proclaimed. That those signs and miracles and wonders were accompanying a church who went everywhere preaching the word of God. Signs following the preaching. You see what I'm saying? They were mission oriented. And and I've made up my mind. Old D.H. here, like we moved down here on a mission 11 years ago to plant a church and to reach whoever God sent us. And God has sent us up and outs. God has sent us down and outs. God has sent us all in between. And you know what? We're going to dance with them. We're going to say, welcome home. You belong here. Well, you don't know my story. It's okay. I don't have to know your story. You don't know my story. You know? I remember one time on a men's fishing trip. I talked about the men's fishing trip Sunday, didn't I? I remember on a men's fishing trip one time, I was sitting there with a new guy. We, we always brought new guys to the men's fishing trip. And we'd end up having a devotion and letting Jesus get a hold of them on the mission trip, kind of like sneaky-like. And uh, we're like playing the guitar and singing, and God moved powerfully. And this guy's like, he looked at me and said, man, you don't seem like a pastor. He just, and he's never struck me as a pastor. And I said, you know what? I told him, I said, I don't strike myself as a pastor. I didn't ask for this. I argued 
to not do this. I agree. I'm asking, what am I doing here? I don't know, but I know God put it in my heart. And so, you know, whether you think I ought to or I think I ought to, it doesn't matter. Here I am. And I, and I, I told the Lord, I'm, I'm going to dance with whoever you bring. I'm, I'm gonna, and so you don't know my story. I don't know your story, but I don't have to because I know Jesus' story, right? And Jesus' story has a way of changing our history from the time we come in contact with him. There are people, and I'm telling you the signs and the wonders and the power of God. It's not so we can jump in the glory pool and have a good time on Sunday morning. It's so that we can be empowered and enthused and go out and tell somebody else about Jesus. You ain't got to smoke dope anymore. You don't have to live that way anymore. I found a hope that's greater than all of that. I'm not condemning you, but I found a hope that's greater than all of that. Amen. Give him some praise right now. Stand with me. Stand all across the building. Hallelujah. The book of Acts reveals a church that was consumed with Jesus' people and mission. Listen, they had an irreducible core. They knew what they believed, and they weren't budging off of that. But they had an ever-expanding reach. So they're like, you're not going to change us. We're not changing. Not our core. We may change our methods to try to speak your language. Paul's like, I see a tomb, uh, 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 an, idol, uh, an altar over here to the unknown God. That's my God. Really, we, we always thought there was another one, but we didn't know who he was. He said, that's my God. Let me tell you about him. He took their cultural context and he began to share Jesus with them. And people say, well, he didn't have a lot of success. Well, you, neither would you in Athens at the time. But he did have some that believed in Athens. They, he was able to take that and preach Jesus. To, we'll change that. But our core is irreducible. It's not going any smaller. We know what we believe about the Lord, and, and we're hanging on to that. But we've got an ever-increasing, ever-expanding reach. Never letting go of truth, but stretching as far as we can. Oh, man. And as the world gets darker and darker, as, as you know, the hearts of many grow cold and, and all that stuff, and Paul told Timothy takes place, people get all more and more and more and more messed up. You know what I say? Hey, welcome home, baby. You're like, you belong here. Because it doesn't matter how messed up you are, because I got the Jesus story. I got the fix. I got the solution. Let me introduce you to Jesus. He knows how to fix all that stuff. Amen.